And that is on the subject of hope. If you are feeling hopeless, know that there's always hope. And James and I have both been to a place where at least, well, I don't know James about you, but I've wanted to die. I I have wanted to die. I've asked God to take me. And yet uh, there's a a quote by Frederick Nietzsche. He's a, a, he was a German philosopher and Viktor Frankl quoted him in his book. um, Man's Search for Meaning. In Man's Search for Meaning. Yes, thank you. He who has a why to live for can bear with almost any how. And so find your why. Find your why. Is it someone? Is it family? Is it a purpose? If you're going if you're being called to a different direction, you can find something new, something different, some other way to give, but you have a meaning, you have purpose. You're here for a reason. There is always hope. So please don't give up. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance podcast, Dr. James Perdue. All right, let's go ahead and get started and get, just go kick this, this adversity, this challenge, this difficulty. Hey, kick it in the tail end and get it out of here. Let's have a great life. Do the best we can. Hey, we're all going through something. Some people get more than their share, that's for sure. And some people, you know, they, they've been blessed and maybe not as much, but we all go through something. So depending on how you go through it, depending on how you handle it, depending on how better your life could be. Today. Our guest, her book, she even had a study guide to go with it. It's called, I love this title and everything. It's Beauty Beyond the Thorns, Discovering Gifts in Suffering. So let's go ahead and get started here. Welcome to the show, Darcy Steiner. Oh, thank you, James. Thanks for having me today. I'm excited. And thank you again. There's a a picture of your book for the ones on the uh, video here with YouTube and Facebook. That uh, beyond uh, beauty, beyond the thorns, discovering gifts in suffering. You know, then that is that is appropriate title because again, depending on your suffering, you can just be a victim all your life, or you can use it to the best of your ability, and it can be a gift to help you throughout life to help other people as well. All right, Darcy. Again, thank you for being here, uh, sharing your valuable time with us, and valuable insight and how you're going to uh, fire us up, get us, all, <laughs> get us all going and in the right directions on heading towards the good life. So I'm just sitting here providing a platform and Darcy, you pick up and where you feel fit and let's get into it. All right. Well, yeah, perseverance has been a huge part of my story. Um, same with you, James. It's you know, something that we all have to do, some of us a little bit more each day than others. But uh, uh, my story goes back, uh, my perseverance story, I'll call it, call, goes back to about 20 years ago. And uh, my kids were little then, they were two and a half and five. And I fell down the stairs. Um, 
which led to a debilitating back injury. So I was running up the stairs, ran back down, slipped, tumbled, crashed into a wall, then face planted into the ground. And uh, I had an injury, a back injury from that. And eventually that put me in bed more and more. So I ended up in bed full time uh, for about three years and then in a wheelchair for two and a half more years. And during that time, uh, it, it wasn't just a back injury. The back injury led to uh, complex regional pain syndrome, which is a severe nerve pain disorder that causes excruciating pain. And it's generally caused uh, by an injury uh, in and it's usually to a limb. So either to a hand or a foot or something, you know, mine was my back, but my feet were affected too, my ankles, uh, because during the fall, my feet got hurt too. Obviously, when you're tumbling down the stairs, you're, you can't regain your footing. And so there's ankle problems too. So we think it's, it developed because of my ankle. Um, and so I was able to walk less and less and laid in bed. And here I have a two and a half and five year old. So I'm struggling with God, like why, you know, after mm -hmm. years of being in bed, why would you give me two kids and then not allow me to raise them? And I'm watching my husband struggle to try to get his new company off the ground. And uh, it's just, Ah, oh, so stressful, you know, and my, our bedroom was upstairs. So I was excluded from a lot of the family activities, including dinner. And I write in my book, there's a chapter I write about, um, my first chapter about kind of a window into that time. And one night when I was listening to my family eat dinner, uh, down, right down directly below me. And I'm hearing their for forks hit the plate, you know, and they're eating mm -hmm. and they're laughing together. And I'm upstairs with my knees to my chest and just crying and missing being a part of my family. Cause this isn't how I planned my life, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. And now the uh, two and a half year, two and a half and the five year olds now, yeah they're not understanding why mama's not being able to do what she's doing for us either. You know, they're way too young. So they're having their own little perseverance issue going on through here. Exactly. You, you hit the nail on the head. You know, we all are Mark is too, you know, and I got to a point where I weighed a hundred pounds. Doctors didn't know if I was going to make it because I kept losing weight and uh, I went to so many doctors and they could not figure out how to help me. And mm. uh, I had previously ordered some books because I was, I was starting to get interested in nutrition. So I had some books that I had ordered that I was going to start actually a master's program for. So I grabbed one of my books one day and opened it. And there was a, this recipe for this protein shake. Well, this protein shake ended up saving my life okay. because the amino acids in it went to my brain, which helped my depression. 
went to my muscles, which helped them to not to, you know, grow and not be as atrophied. It enabled me to be able to get out to go to pool therapy. So Mark started taking me to the pool twice a week and I learned to walk all over again. And taking that first step in the water, unreal, just unreal what it felt like to put one foot in front of the other again and begin to learn to walk. So bear, about bear some bear some weight uh, on the uh, limbs, on the legs and all yeah. this stuff. Stretching out feels great. Oh my gosh. Yeah, to be standing upright, I felt so tall. I'm like, that's am right. I this tall? That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And eventually I learned to walk again. And um, in fact, I I earned my nutrition degree over the next six years while I was improving. Opened my nutrition practice. I was my case study. So the things oh. that I was learning, I was practicing on myself. And then I came to a point where I opened my own nutrition practice and I didn't have, I had a little bit of pain still right then, but eventually my pain disappeared. And that is oh, wow. so uncommon for complex regional pain. Yeah, syndrome. yeah, yeah. I was going to say you rarely hear it in, I would say people with back surgery or whatever, and they're getting all this medication for for pain and it's yet rare that you hear that the pain just leaves on its own finally. Oh yeah. And something that I learned is that a lot of the medications that I was taking. So I was addicted to Oxycontin uh, and Xanax, uh, mm -hmm. you know, um, and my nutritionist who also happened to be my counselor, she helped me decrease those meds safely and slowly do not do this on your own people. Um, do not take this under without doctor's permission. Following, yes. you know, I'm a doctor, but not in medicine. So do not follow the advice without your advice from your physician. Thank you for <laughs> emphasizing that. And, and, was... and, and also, I, uh, not to interrupt you so, so no. fast, but I was on, uh, I'm a spinal cord injury. I was on most relaxer to help prevent me from spasming while I'm just sitting in my chair and I kept taking medicine, to, but I kept having spasms. So dumb me without talking to my doctor. That's why I say, talk to your physician. I doubled everything, taking everything. I went from like 80 milligrams of stuff a day to 160 oh. a day. And I took it for about a month, but my body was still spasming. Oh. So finally I go, Heck, why are you taking all this medicine and paying the money out if it's still going to spasm? So again, without talking to my physician, dumb me, went cold turkey, quit taking mm. it. Oh, I went, I went like four nights without no sleep because my body's trying to adjust without this medicine. Then the fifth night, I slept like eighteen hours, and but I've been off of it ever since. I do wow. not do not suggest doing this without proper guidance and people watching you. So exactly. yes, give, I, yeah, I know what you're saying there. So I'm sorry I, I interrupted you. No, I'm glad because that needs to be, you know, that needs to be adhered to because it is very dangerous. If you go, I mean, people have died stopping oh, 
taking mm-hmm. medicines and it took me years. It took me years of decreasing my meds and that's how I did it safely. But eventually I was able to get off of those. And, um, but yeah, no, so important to, to do that with a doctor's help. I, I don't understand. And I know with this, I'm off topic a little, a lot with you a little bit here, That's okay. uh, but, uh, but, uh, I don't understand when he's, you got three different doctors, you know, one for certain pain, one for your regular health, one for whatever else. And you're on 18 different pills. Mm. And I don't know how they don't think those pills are interacting with each other and it's canceling something out or totally making something else go on that they didn't think of because all the chemicals that are combined. And, and I don't understand taking that meaning uh, mm. without some type of consequence. I, I don't understand. I mean, I would have to do a for me, I would do a lot of asking questions. Uh, do you know that the combining these is not going to hurt? And, you know, there are probably three or four or five of them. You say, oh, no, they're OK. But how do you know 18 of them? Different pills exactly. is not doing something. So, all right, go ahead. I would just on my little uh, soapbox for a second. No, it's <laughs> so true. My dad was on 18, actually. Oh, OK. And uh, wow, I was talking with his doctor. I'm like, now, why does he need, you know, there there are natural things that you can do that these meds do. They they create meds after amino acids, like mm-hmm. antidepressants are created imitating GABA or, you know, some other amino acid. And so that's what my my counselor did is, is put me on some amino acids to help me safely decrease the other meds that were doing the same thing. So there are alternatives. You just have to, to meet the right person. And thankfully I did. Mm -hmm. And uh, so anyway, I got to the point eventually where I had zero pain and I'm practicing nutrition and helping other people to not have pain. And I had nine years where I was functioning great. And I was teaching sport nutrition at the local high school. I was helping people with weight loss. I met with a couple of um, young girls. Well, they they were high schoolers, anorexic, and helped them to gain weight because that's one of the things that I had to do was to gain weight. And I was helping basketball players gain weight and, uh, one of my students actually is in the NBA right now. There so you go. That's kind of fun. Yeah. So now you were talking ladies and everything. Now you're talking NBA for the dudes, guy, or yes. WNBA for women? Nope. NBA. Men. There I you was go. working awesome. with the men. Yeah. Uh, not, not to say that women NBA is not awesome as well. They are. I wish they would get the same deals that the men get better contracts and stuff, but eventually, hopefully eventually that's, that's on the way. So I, I hope so too. Yes. There's no reason why it shouldn't be, but yeah, um, this is, this is 2020, not 1920 or 2022. <laughs> I'm sorry for the ones on the podcast, 2022, not 1922 and things need to be more evenly uh, the way it should be. Exactly. Agreed. So, working towards that. So yes, here's a plug for for equality. But there uh, we go. Equal pay, yeah, and, and equal treatment. So, um, 
Yeah, so that was great. And my kids were actually in sports. So they showed up at some of these camps that I was teaching nutrition at. And so they got to see me go from being bedridden to teaching them. And I practiced nutrition on them because they were they were in sports, in soccer and cross country and, you know, um, different sports. So that was kind of fun to come full circle for them to see the opportunity, you know, mm -hmm. and it's not all just about physical health, but I think it helped heal some things in them and me. Now, one of the things that happened during this period of time I'm going to talk about how pain, there are gifts in suffering. And one of those gifts we saw very, very profoundly in our kids. And that is the gift of compassion. And the gift of compassion is one of my chapters in the book. And a story that I have to tell about how my kids grew in compassion during their young years you know, you, you want your kids to be compassionate. You want them to have different characteristics. You want them to understand and know how to persevere, you know. Um, but there's, there's a story that I have that I really want to share. And it's about my daughter, Jen. She was in elementary school, probably about second, third grade. I can't remember exactly. And she had forgotten her lunch at home. So we got a call from the school, Jen forgot her lunch, can you please bring it? So my husband, Mark, got in the car and brought it to the school, and they were already out at recess, so basically she missed lunch, but they were already out at recess, and he saw her on the playground, and she was twirling a boy around in his wheelchair. That's there how she go. was spending her lunch. She was used to wheelchairs because her mom was in one. That's right. And I was so proud of her. And I was just like, you know, God, you taught my kids, you shaped them, you formed them how you wanted to be them to be through this disability. And they, she didn't let this boy be left out. She included him. And that's how she was spending her recess. We'll come to find out she regularly, every day, spent her lunch with this boy. And, you know, you, you want your kids to learn that. And they learned it because of suffering. It's mm -hmm. a gift. They learned a gift in suffering. And Mark and I couldn't have, have taught them to have the extent of compassion that they, they grew up with but God allowed it through my pain and, and my perseverance, you know, but they developed compassion from it. So it's easy, easy to talk about it and try to teach it. But when yeah. you physically are involved in it, like you said, you in the wheelchair, that she was more comfortable with learning it from you, like you said, being comfortable with the wheelchair. So she was able to relay that over to her friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's, that's what I call a gift in suffering is that my kids are very compassionate people. In fact, they are adults now. They're 25 and 23. And one of them is a child life specialist. Um, so she's what, what that is for people that don't know is she 
works between the, the doctor and a patient and helps the patient be comfortable with medical procedures. Um, and she's working with kids. So she helps the, the kid be more comfortable with, let's say, you know, getting a shot by practicing on a doll and having the child practice on the doll so that they know what to expect. Yeah. Okay. That's Yeah. I understand that now. Yeah. So that's what a child life specialist is. The other one is in, um, she's getting her PhD. She's learning how children develop the concept of pain. So my kids have taken this into adulthood and she's dating someone who has chronic pain, you know, and I, I just, I, they, they still embody this compassion that was formed in them while they were young. And I was so afraid when I was in my wheelchair. I'm like, I can't teach my kids. But you know what? God did. God taught them. God formed them. He shaped them how he wanted them to be. And I didn't need to worry like I did. So. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, we, we um, as humans, we over. As humans, as adults, we overanalyze a lot of things, you mm -hmm. know, and to, what could be, look at the simple tool of a child would come up with a simple idea where we would concentrate too much on the, what do we got to do and get anxiety over it and yeah, get overwhelmed with it. And yeah, sometimes we need to just think as a uh, five-year-old would be than to over, overdo things. Yeah, they didn't know any different. And that's okay. You know, that was their normal. And so maybe she was more comfortable, you know, uh, being, being with this boy than another place. But anyway, I just wanted to share that story about no, it's a good story. I would love it story that, uh, yeah, for her compassion to show for someone, it's very less, uh, I don't know. What do you want to put? But uh, more desirable, you know, needing more uh, help and stuff. Uh, less fortunate in the physical area, and then mm -hmm. she was able to use, yeah, compassion and, like I said, pushing them around in the wheelchair, spinning them around to have so they can have some fun too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then uh, my daughters grow up, right? And my daughter. Uh, Jen, the one I just shared about, she's at her wedding getting married. And this was in 2018. So three and a half years ago. At the end of the wedding, uh, she and her husband went off and had their honeymoon and the cleanup crew got on it. I was part of the cleanup crew. And like you, when you went back for your one more play, I went in to the facility where the wedding was held to the venue because I forgot my dress. I had to make one more trip into mm -hmm. the venue to get my dress. Well, all the chairs from the wedding were stacked up against the wall. And as I ran past the stack of chairs, one fell down, hit my ankle. And do you remember the significance of the ankle is I had injured my ankle during the, the fall down the stairs. The complex pain, yes. Yes. So mm -hmm. once it hit, it felt like my ankle had broken. Like I was 
in so much pain. I, I just, I thought I was sure it was broken and it was just sprained, but um, it reinitiated the complex regional pain syndrome. So mm. this is take two. I still have it three and a half years later. I'm still hardly walking. Um, it's, I haven't been bedridden, but I, well, I, I actually kind of was for a while, but I'm not yeah. currently bedridden. Okay. I've okay. been able to gain some function back, but yeah, I that's am, a... no, go ahead. I'm still, you know, in a scooter, in a wheelchair. Most of the time I can walk around a little bit in the house. I can walk to the bathroom, that kind of thing. I can walk into church with help, but, uh, but yeah, I'm still waiting and hoping. I don't know if I'll ever be able to walk normally again. But this is take two of complex regional pain syndrome and disability. Yeah, to, to go through one form of disability, pain, or suffering is uh, one thing. But then when you beat it and you have to go through it again, it's not, it's not fun. You know, I've, I've told other people that, um, you know, for me to be independent as I was and to lose everything from the uh, football hit, then I was able to learn to stand again and walk with the walk for 10 minutes. And now because of getting older and weaker, I can't do that again. So I've lost all that again. Yeah, it's not fun going the second round, you know, even though everything you learn from the first time uh, may, may or may not work with you the second time. And so, yeah, it, 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 it's a lot of frustration in it, uh, but it's also of a lot of um, trusting and knowing, again, you've been able to get through it and you've been able to, again, even if you don't walk like you had before, you know, your mind is there. You can still help other people. These great technology with the scooters and everything nowadays that get you around. Yeah, that you, you know that um, you can still be out there. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I feel more connected with people this time. Um, you know, the first time to help me get better, I got my master's degree in nutrition. That kept my mind engaged in something other than pain. Mm -hmm. This time I wrote a book and I had always wanted to write a book. And I just never knew it would be about finding gifts and suffering. I thought it would be a sports nutrition book. <laughs> there you go. And for ones on the podcast listening, the uh, book again is called Beauty Beyond the Thorns, Discovering Gifts in Suffering, Darcy J. Steiner, MS. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for with the, uh, you, you can find gifts in your suffering. You just have to look for it. So, and with you, use the, uh, you know, beauty beyond the thorns. I, I tell people sometimes, sometimes we get a rose handed to us and we're in great shape. We just smell the beauty, look at the beauty. The thorns are already removed. But sometimes we have to walk through the fertilizer to be able to get to that beautiful rose, and, <laughs> you know, in, in life. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this book helped me. It, pain is very selfish. Pain wants us to look at ourselves, to be self-focused. And one of the antidotes to that is 
to force yourself to think about other people, you know, and to make myself, okay, I'm hurting today. Instead of focusing on my pain, who else is hurting? Who, who's, who's not hurting, <laughs> you know, just somebody else I can give to and write a card to, or do something for. And so that's kind of how the book came along was I started a blog because I thought, well, you know, that's one way I can give. And I had watched my dad go through dying his last two years of living. What he did is he gave, he was an artist and he drew pictures in the facility he was at. He was in an assisted living facility and he, he was a, a former art teacher. So he drew pictures for people and I tell you what, the whole facility had pictures all around. Everybody started getting these framed and they were everywhere. And I watched my dad give, even though he was dying. And it was such an incredible example to me. And so I thought, oh, well, what what gift do I have that I can give? And I, I couldn't figure it out. That's how mm -hmm. That's how self-focused I was. And so I'm like, well, I like writing. I've always wanted to write a book, but I'm afraid, you know, that I'm going to get something wrong or teach something wrong or there whatever. There you go. There you go. It's right. It's going to be boring. So I started with podcast. And the reason why I started with podcast is because of Brene Brown. Brene was like, if, if you wait until you do things, if, if you wait until you're perfect, you'll never do anything. Exactly. You'll never get anything done. So I'm like, okay, I'll start a podcast. And I called it Radiantly Broken. And uh, it's no longer up. I took it down because of my website is on a different site now. But uh, it got me started writing. And I, I started writing poems because sometimes poetry is the only language you can speak when you're in pain. Mm -hmm. And so there's a few poems in the book. Um that really describe what I felt. I felt very alone. I felt very dark in a dark place. Um, faithless, you know, all just losing hope. I lost hope. Like, why does it even matter if I pray? Like, you're going to do what you want anyway, aren't you, God? Mm. And just cynical. And um, And then I started... I started writing uh, chapters and I didn't intend for it to be a book at first. And then it was like, you know, these are kind of like short Bob Goff chapters. And, is this uh, still for your blog you're writing? Well, this is, or you just so I'm started? doing both. Yeah. Okay. So I'm okay. writing my blog and yeah, some of these things that I wrote, ended up in my blog, but they were very short, you know, blog posts aren't, aren't really that long. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I started seeing kind of a theme and I actually took a, a class from Bob Goff online during COVID um, and learned how to write and got feedback from him about my writing. So we had developed a little bit of a relationship. And so I'm like, you know, maybe I can write a book. And that was kind of my launching pad into thinking more about books. And so I started writing about perseverance as one of them, you know, the bleeding woman. And they're biblical stories. I talk about biblical stories 
and I parallel them with today's stories. A lot of them are mine, you know, mm-hmm. my physical suffering, but I also share about a friend who was in Denver who had paraplegia and then ended up dying from cancer. And she is the greatest example of faith that I've ever met. And I wanted to, to know how she had that. And yes. I got closer to her and I was trying to encourage her and, and, you know, I said Bible verses to her and we would have Bible studies. And she looked at me one day and she said, you know, I don't really think I have it that bad. James, she was bald. She had rashes all over her. She was thin. She had cancer. She had paraplegia. And she didn't think she had it that bad. Mm. So I handed her my Bible and I said, will you teach me the kind of faith that you have? Yes. Because when you're suffering, and I know you have this, I, I, I know that you have faith in God. And what caused you to believe in God? For me, now, yeah, uh, your your he, disability. He took me a long time. I was thirty five or so before I become a Christian. No, I grew up going to church. Yeah, going Sundays. Mom and Dad would make me go, but they would stay at home. <laughs> Mom and Dad would, but they'd make me and my brother go. And so, uh, so it. Uh, had a foundation, you know, what this God is. Now, when I had my injury at 18, it was like a, a it was like a, I uh, knew there was a God, but it was hard to believe in one because of the suffering. Mm-hmm. You see, my older brother got 50% of his body burnt in a car wreck. Then I got paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom raised all three of us. My stepfather died when I was 16 and I'm going, why would you focus so much on one family? And so, yeah, it was like, you know, I I knew there was a God, but hard to believe in it because of that. And so, but it took me years from there and meeting other people and you got to watch out who you meet because there's a lot of false prophets out there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like one guy was at uh, college and, and uh, he wanted to, uh, he wanted to save me. And I said, Man, I thought Jesus saved you, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I said, you're going to do it. He said, yeah. And so, uh, so I ended up listening to him. And I finally, I asked him, I said, hey, man, come on, tell me. He said, if um, God is a loving God like you're trying to say, you know, or tell me God wants me, why would he allow this to happen to me? You know, and, uh, you know, he could. And the guy said, well, he wanted to get your attention to show you. I said, my attention? He could have just broke my finger. Instead right. of paralyzing me, and that would have got my attention, you know. And and then another girl I met at college, and she was trying to tell this other guy in a wheelchair that uh, he was in a wheelchair. Of course, me as well. Then, you know, and he was born this way with cerebral palsy. But she was saying that you're in a wheelchair because of your sins. Oh no. Oh yes. And I said, hold on, man. Then I, I, I wasn't a Christian yet then at that time. And I said, uh, something ain't right about that. I said. If it said if I looked around and see everybody in this bookstore is all in a wheelchair, maybe I can buy into it. I said, mm-hmm. but just say I am and he is and the other guy, but a hundred people in here are not. You know, why is our sins worse than everybody else's? And she had no answer. And then mm-hmm. he says, Wait a minute, I was born 
this way before I sinned. And I said, oh, that's a good, yeah, good observation. Wow. And she says, well, you're, you're paying the price of your parents' sin. Oh. I'm, I'm going, man, I know there's something in De uh, Deuteronomy that talks about, you, you know, mom and dad are not, uh, uh, you're not paying mom and dad's sins and they're not taking care of yours either, you know, paying the price. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm going, man. But yeah, so you got to definitely watch out for the false prophets out there. But mm -hmm. my one thing was... Um, I may end up meeting this other minister, youth minister. I was like teaching and coaching and um, my basketball girls invited me to their thing. Cause they were going to talk about why does bad things happen to good people? And mm -hmm. I said, you know, I'd love to hear this. So I go in and my team's with me. And of course, 200 other kids from all over the places up there. We're listening to the youth minister and I'm going, yeah, that's what I believe. Yeah, that's what I believe. Mm -hmm. I never thought of it that way, but that's yeah, that sounds good. And so here now at the end, I finally get to talk to the youth minister. I asked him this one question that I've asked him other people, why did this happen to me? Mm -hmm. And they're giving us all these other garbage. He wanted to show he had control over you because of your sins and everything. He says the best answer that anyone could give. You know what his answer was? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Good. That's something between God and you that you're going to have to uh, figure out and talk to him with. Mm -hmm. And he gave the bet. None of this other crap. You know, I don't know. Yeah, and that's so, beautiful. Uh, yeah. And so uh, met him like in March that year. And then a few months later, Billy Graham come to Nashville, Tennessee. And I went to go listen to him on the Titans football field. And got saved then, June 4th. Mm. Wow. So. See, yeah, disability has brought me closer to God. It has been a gift. And I want everybody to hear that. I, I you know, I want to walk again. Trust me. Don't, don't misunderstand me. I want to mm -hmm. walk again. But God has shown himself to me more deeply through disability than in any other time. And I am so grateful. And I will take, I will take this. I will take the things that he's shown me about his character, his compassion, his love, and the gifts that he gives us to endure. And he's given me direction. You know, I was going to start a new business before my injury because I'm an empty nester now but now I'm an author and he opened up this space this time for a dream to come true. He has caused a dream to come true. And yeah, it's not the book I thought that I would write. It's even better. You know, there you go. it's even better because if I can give hope to someone, amen. You That's know, the, the biggest, the one of the, one of the biggest things I believe we're here is to, learn from our experiences and spread the wealth, help mm -hmm. other people so they can have better life. Right. Yeah. And everything that I've been learning is about other people and just the, the beauty that comes from a thorn. For instance, think about Paul. 
in the Bible. Okay, so Paul had a thorn in his flesh. We don't know what it was, we, but it was severe enough to call it a thorn. And yet God used him to write more books in the Bible than anyone. Despite his suffering, mm -hmm. God used that disability because I think it's because he was humble. You know, he was humbled by his thorn. That's why he, that's why God allowed the thorn for Paul yes. was so that he wouldn't become arrogant, you know, because he had seen paradise and, you know, it's for our good. If we're given a thorn, it, God has a purpose for each one of us. If he's given us a thorn, it's for our good. It's for our benefit. It's not because we're not as lucky as other people. We have a different mission. That's all. We just all have different missions. So some of us have different kinds of pain. Some of us have to go through infidelity. Well, you know what? I'd rather go through this than that. I think that's hard. But if I can speak hope into that kind of suffering, you know, I, I think sufferers all kind of, you know, we have something in common. We have a camaraderie. You there know? you go. And we can all help each other. You know, people who have struggled with financial problems, you know, they're suffering too. We're all suffering. We're just all suffering in different ways. Ours just happens to be visible, James, you know? That's right. That's right. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big believer that uh, sometimes we go through whatever it is, and it's to prove to ourselves through God, however people want to look at it, just me, myself, if you're not religious, spiritual, however, but it's to prove how strong we really are. Mm -hmm. So we forget how strong we are because we want to be poor, pitiful me and when we're going through it. But when we come out the other side, stronger and better and more intelligent and more experienced, again, I keep referring back, use that to help someone else get through their stuff. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. And when Jesus came and he gave, you know, he gave his first sermon on the Mount he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. By that first statement, he just turned the world upside down. You know, strength was something different. Wasn't, wasn't strength like on a football field anymore. You're stronger now than when you were on a football field. I'm stronger now there than when go. I could walk in high heels across a stage. It, you know, I'm, we're stronger because of the inside, you know, and troubles bring strength on the inside and help us to trust, you know, God is our strength. We just put our, our trust in something besides ourselves because we have to, but that's an opportunity. And that's a beautiful thing to trust in my savior to lead me. You know, I don't have to see anymore. If I face him, I'm good. You know, he sees where we're going and I, I can't make decisions. I can't, I'm not like, I know where I'm going. I know that, that at any time he could call me home, you know? And so until that day comes, well, I just do the best that I can. And right now what it is, I can sit, I can type and 
I can write books. So that's what I'm doing. But if he does something different for me, then that's where I'll go. And I'm letting him guide and direct my next step. You know, like you doing a podcast, extending hope. You know, it's my same goal is to let's put hope out there. Amen, sister. Yeah, hope is not gone. So we're 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 blessed far more than we think. Sometimes you know, again, we're so complex, we overthink things, and yeah, we need to look look for the blessings. So yes. All right, Darcy, thank you for uh, being here. We need to uh, scoot. That's sad uh, because I'm enjoying the sermon today. You're refreshing my inner spirit as well. So, hey, go ahead and tell us where we can uh, get hold to you, social media-wise, website, uh, your book. Sure. So my website is Darcy J. Steiner, and it's spelled on the book there, D-A-R-C-I, middle initial J, Steiner with an E-I, dot com, DarcyJSteiner.com. On there, you'll see my other social media uh, platforms. It's just at Darcy J. Steiner. Uh, Instagram is at Darcy J. Steiner dot writer. Um, yeah, visit my website. I also counsel nutrition still part time. Um, I have my book and my study guide for Bible studies. If Bible study groups want to pick it up, or if you want to do it for personal study, the study guide helps to personalize it a bit. And uh, that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. <laughs> All right. And so just the old, go with the, oh, the old Googling, just Darcy J. Steiner and Google and everything will pop up there, I'm sure. And we'll put it in the show notes as well, your website and other social media, make it easier for people to click on as well. All right, Darcy, now we know there's people hurting and struggling today. If you could leave us with a positive message that would help them get through today, that'd be a huge blessing. And that is on the subject of hope. If you are feeling hopeless, know that there's always hope. And James and I have both been to a place where at least, well, I don't know James about you, but I've wanted to die. I I have wanted to die. I've asked God to take me. And yet uh, there's a a quote by Frederick Nietzsche. He's a, a, he was a German philosopher and Viktor Frankl quoted him in his book. Um, Man's Search for Meaning. In Man's Search for Meaning. Yes, thank you. He who has a why to live for can bear with almost any how. And so find your why. Find your why. Is it someone? Is it family? Is it a purpose? If you're go- If you're being called to a different direction, you can find something new, something different, some other way to give, but you have a meaning, you have purpose. You're here for a reason. There is always hope. So please don't give up. Amen. And uh, on the part of, uh, yes, I have asked God to take me as well. And I tried to take mine three times in three mm-hmm. days. That's mm-hmm. how bad I wanted out. So that's a different podcast, and uh, we'll get from there. Darcy, again, thank you for being here and sharing your story and sharing your inspiration and giving us some hope to be able to persevere through this struggling in life to have a better life. So everyone else, thank you for coming in. Be sure to share this out to someone you know that can use some hope. 
use some inspiration, motivation, encouragement, empowerment. I'm Dr. James Perdue. Do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at ProfessorofPerseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.